Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, good morning, Passion Life Church. So glad that you're here this morning. We're so excited that we're in, we're in part five of a series that we've called Ideal Family. And here's what we're doing in the series. We're trying to close the gap between this ideal family that sometimes can just be a myth or a fantasy, really. But we're trying to close the gap between that and the real family, the things that we experience every day. We've talked about marriage, the purpose of it. We've talked about being better husbands. Last week, we talked about better wives. And I just want to thank you all, especially the ladies. You know, uh, it, it's tough for me to teach on better wives because I'm not a wife, you know, and so I didn't know how well I would do, but, you know, I got so many texts and just, hey, thanks for last week. It was so good. It, 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 and, and, you know, I, I want to be fair to the guys and the ladies, and so thank you, ladies, for just texting and saying, hey, I really appreciated that, that sermon, and uh, I had someone tell me, you know, it's really going to help me treat my husband the way that I need to treat him, and if you missed that, just go on the app and listen to it. Listen, it's make the investment in your life. Listen. Listening to these messages can divorce-proof your marriage. It can save you from going to counseling. Come on, somebody, this morning. And it's free. You just got to invest. And so this morning, I've entitled the message, Part 5, We're Bringing Sexy Back. That's what I entitled this morning. You thought that uh, JT Justin Timberlake was the first one to say that. But I think for some reason, the church, we just don't understand this whole uh, concept that God created created sex. Let's look at our theme verse, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. It says this, through wisdom, everybody say wisdom, through wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, everybody say knowledge, by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. We said that wisdom is the skill to apply knowledge. And notice what happens when you have wisdom in your house. It will build the house. I want to build my house with wisdom. I don't want to be ignorant when it comes to marriage. I don't want to be ignorant when it comes to family or, or sex. I want to have God's wisdom. And wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge and then knowledge is the facts. We said it, it fills the rooms, the truth. And then understanding, the Bible talks about establishes the house, is the understanding of things. And so today we're going to talk about having sexual fulfillment in marriage. And I just want to encourage you this morning. Listen, uh, you may blush a little bit today, and that's okay. I may blush a little bit today, uh, but I really believe that we need to talk about this more in church. I think it's funny because I hear people complain about their jobs, you know. Oh, my goodness, you know, it's just like I'm commuting and, you know, it's just a tough, the commute is so tough, and I understand that. But when I hear people complaining about their job, I was like, hey, well, listen, let me tell you a little bit about my job. Number one, I have to talk to people about money, people that I really don't know. I have to do offerings. I have to talk to people about raising their kids, and I don't know their kids, and I don't know them. I have to stand up in front of a congregation and talk to them about having sex. I don't really know most of them, but hey, if you want to trade jobs, Hey, we're cool. But you know, here's what gives me confidence today. God's word I know is so true. 
in every single subject that we're talking about. And how do I know that it's true? Because I've lived the opposite of what God has said, and I have paid the penalties. Oh, I have felt the consequences. And so what gives me confidence today as we talk is knowing that God's word is true. And here's what else. It works. If you do it God's way, if you have your marriage and you do it God's way, your marriage will succeed 100% of the time. How many of you know it's when we don't do it God's way that there's pain, there's shame. And so I want to talk to you about three truths that we need to understand about sex. And then we're going to, that'll provide a a foundation of understanding. Uh, And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some ingredients to sexual fulfillment. Now, if you're here and you're like, Pastor Phil, I'm just, I'm single. I know, but you're going to have sex one day when you get married. Amen. So take some notes and that way you can be the best lover ever. Oh, it's going to be good today. You're going to be glad that you woke up. And if you're not awake, you will be awake after this message. I warn you, this is going to be PG-14. Come on, somebody. We're going to take, I'm going to push that envelope over the 13 to 14. All right. Are you ready? Here's number one. Let's talk about what we need to understand about sex, the truth. Number one, God created sex for pleasure in marriage. Now, not only did God create sex to procreate, he also, he created it for marriage. You know, uh, it's supposed to be enjoyed. You know why? Because we have a great God. We have a fun God. And sex is to be an expression of love. Do you know, do you know what the first commandment is? The first commandment in the Bible is Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. God gave it to Adam and Eve. And look what he says. And it says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. Now, watch this. We come to a church that I'll tell you what, if I could define our church, we'd define it a couple ways. We're a church about grace and about faith. I'm just going to be honest. We're about God's grace, and faith is responding to God's grace. Grace gives you and empowers you to do what God asks you to do. Notice what God does in this scripture. Notice what it says first. What does it say first? It says, and God what? What did he do to them? He blessed them. Before he gave them the commandment, He blessed them. And I want to encourage all of you, especially those of you that today are listening to the podcast, that you are trying to have a child. I want you to know something. You are blessed to do it. God has already empowered you to do it. We need to know that. Because some people who are trying to have kids, they struggle with, I don't know, and I don't know. Hey, can I just tell you, God has already blessed you. You have the power to do it. Come on, somebody. And it's a lot of times because of the fear and the different things, but God has blessed you to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, sex is a physical manifestation of the intimate bond a husband and a woman or a husband and a wife share in the spirit and in the soul. Now, here's what we need to understand. Sex is not just physical. Sex is emotional and sex is spiritual. This is why God hates divorce. 
Now, if you're divorced here, you've been through a divorce, I want you to know God loves you, cares about you. Maybe there were some things outside of the realm of your control. I get it. But see, when you have sex with someone, it's not just physical. I hear people, and I've done youth ministry for 20 years, and I've heard young people say, well, you know, Pastor Phil, I use protection. Well, the reality of it is you may use protection, but condoms don't fit over your heart. They don't make condoms for your heart. So who's protecting your heart? Because here's the reality. We forget. Come on. You can't have sex and not have emotions and your heart into it. Because it's a spiritual thing. This is why when a man and a woman become one, really what it is is this. A man and woman become one. So here's your marriage, right? You, the two, become one. This is what divorce does. You have sex, you become spiritually, you become one. Here's what, here's what divorce does. It tears people's emotions apart. That's why it hurts so bad. Because it's not just physical. It's emotional. It's spiritual. And that's the way God created it. And so, yeah, God is an amazing God of grace and he heals. But I got to tell you, this was the purpose of it. That you not just enjoy someone physically but you get really attached emotionally and spiritually during sex. So when God sees you have sex, oh, Pastor Phil, he sees me? We shut off the lights. We shut off the lights. Pastor Phil, I wear my flannel. He still sees you. Ooh, I got a snort already. We're doing good this morning. I love when people snort. It's always better when the women snort, though, too. <laughs> I love that. Pastor Phil, we have the lights off. Guess what? But God still sees you. And when he sees you, he isn't like, oh, me, please cut that out. In a marriage relationship, we should be having sex because that's what God created us to, to do. He created it. And it's important to know that God didn't just want you to, okay, do it three or four times to have children, and then you're done. God isn't grossed out by it. He created it. Why are you spending some time on this, Pastor Phil? Because here's the reality. The enemy goes overboard to try to explo exploit this in our lives. And the enemy does everything he does to try to lie to us to say, if you're going to have great sex, you need to come over to the dark side. You need to come over to the dark side. I didn't burp. That was on purpose. <laughs> you need to come over to the dark side because that's where the best sex is. I'm sorry. The devil didn't create sex, right? Dr. Ruth Westheimer, she didn't create sex either. She was this lady that was on TV when I was a teenager. She was like, I don't know, 75 and talking about sex all the time. It was like edgy and, and breaking, but you know, she didn't invent sex. The devil didn't invent sex. You know what the devil does? The devil twists what God does. You know what the word of you know what the definition of wicked is? The definition of wicked is to twist. And God and the devil takes what God made so pure and so great and he twists it. And I even in in the Christian church, a lot of people even today as we talk, people feel ashamed. People have shame, they feel guilt, and the devil wants you to convince you, listen, God is just this cosmic killjoy. He's no fun. Uh, -uh excuse me. Uh, God created sex to be and, and for us to have an incredible fulfillment in marriage. God wants you to enjoy sex in marriage for the rest of your life. And I think it's important that God, that we understand God is not against pleasure. Let me say that again. God is not against pleasure. 
God is not against pleasure. Thank you. I knew it's going to be tough today because we have to rework our mind. Because we think everything that's boring and dull is God. As a matter of fact, we, have, we forget that he's the creator of the universe. That he is the creator of marriage. He is the creator of sex. And when sex is done in the context of marriage, it is glorious. Number two. God created the parameters of sex. The parameters God put on sex are for our protection. You know, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says this, marriage is honorable. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, adulterers, God will judge. I looked up that word honorable in the Greek, and you know what it means? And here he's talking about the marriage bed. Listen to what he says about the marriage bed. The word honorable in the Greek means esteemed, precious. See, God wants sex in marriage to be honorable, to be undefiled, to be undefiled. Listen, can I say it this way? God wants sex in marriage to be for us to have it and not be ashamed. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, it talks about Adam and Eve, and it says that God put them in the garden. Listen to this. And it says, and they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. They were not ashamed. And see, here's what happens. I've done 20 years of counseling. I'm going to tell you, here's what happens. Many people... And you may be in here and you're single and you're saving yourself for marriage. Man, God bless you. Maybe you're here and, you know, you've already crossed the line a little bit. And, you know, or maybe you've messed up. I want you to know that God forgives and there's healing today. But I want you to understand the tactic of the enemy. Because I believe that many people, even in this room, and listening to the sound of my voice, are dealing with this. See, you thought all the guilt and the shame would go away when you got married. You thought all the guilt and the shame would go away from past relationships. And then what happens is that now you're married and the devil, he tricked you, lied to you. You fell for a lie. But then when you get into marriage, now you didn't realize that that guilt and that shame you would bring into this marriage. You thought that the day you said, I do, boom, everything would be great. And it doesn't always work that way. But the goal of the enemy is to bring guilt and shame. That's why Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they used to walk with God in the garden. They used to talk with him. But as soon as they sin, we see them hiding and trying to cover themselves. Because sin always brings guilt and shame. Here's what you need to know. God wants to heal you of shame. God wants to heal you of guilt. Now, sometimes that shame comes because there's been abuse. Sometimes that, sh- that shame comes because somebody has abused you. But I want to tell you, here's the goodness of God. I've seen people healed and totally restored in their lives so they can have an incredible marriage. But I got to tell you this, yes, amen. But you're going to have to deal with with the shame and the guilt because God's plan and truth in marriage was exactly what it was for Adam and Eve, that they both be able to be naked and unashamed, unashamed, unashamed. 
And I talked to so many people after they crossed the line sexually. And they're like, Pastor Phil, you just don't know. I, 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 I just experienced guilt. Right, 50 shades of guilt. Come on, somebody. But nobody told you that. Nobody told you that when you break apart, even though it was maybe a one-night stand, that guess what? There would be more that would be involved than what you thought. But that's because when you misuse something, that's when abuse happens. We need to use sex in the context of marriage like God created it. And so here's the cool thing. God created wide parameters for sex in marriage. You know, he did. He, he, I mean, he's got a big yard with trees and he's like, hey, climb the trees, jump on the trampoline. I mean, he's got these huge yard. And in marriage, the parameters are wide, but God does put up a fence to guard his children. And I think sometimes what we do is when we look at that fence, we think, oh, he's so restrictive. No, remember he told Adam and Eve, you can eat of every tree in the garden. He told them that. You know, it's interesting because this right here, the word of God, it is a guideline for life. If you will follow this in your finances, in your marriage, you will have success. This is the guidebook, the life manual. But it's funny because, you know, in our Jeep, my, my wife has a Jeep Liberty, it came with a manual. And if you open up that manual in our Jeep, it'll tell you, you have to change the oils every three to 4,000 miles. And we don't look at that and go, change the oil every three or 4,000 miles. Who do these people think they are telling me what to do? Change the oil. What? New spark plug? Come on. I didn't do that. As a matter of fact, I knew that Jeep gave me the manual so I can have the best enjoyment of my Jeep. And that it doesn't die before it's time that I can see the fulfillment of it. And God has this big, great, big backyard. God is not a legalist. He's being a loving father, protecting his kids. It's not just this little tiny yard where God is like, hey, you know what? You can have the missionary position, uh, sex three or four times a week and get over with it and stop because you're grossing me out. It's a big yard. Come on, somebody. So you say, Pastor Phil, what can we do in marriage? Well, I'm just saying it's a big yard. So go ahead and get your Batman uniform out and have a great time. <laughs> but I think what we do sometimes, instead of looking at that, we look at the fence. And God is so restrictive, right? That's what we think. And so when God says no, it's all of a sudden human nature. I want to do what I can't do. Let me give you a little example. I want everybody to close your eyes this morning. Close your eyes. No, no peeking. And here's why I'm going to tell you to close your eyes. Because I'm going to put naked people up on the screen. All right? I don't, don't look. We're going to put naked people up on the screen. Okay, some of you are laughing because you're not closing your eyes. Okay, you can open up your eyes. We did put naked people up on the screen. All right, for those of you listening to the podcast, I did not put naked people. I spelled it naked people. Just so you know, oh, I'll go to that church. That sounds like a liberal church. No, we're not. All right? But here's, here's, here's what we do. God says no, and we're like, well, there's got to be a reason he says no. He doesn't want me to go on the other side of that fence because there's something there that he doesn't want me to experience. You know what? Part of that is really true. God doesn't want you to experience broken hearts. God doesn't want you to have your emotions tore open. God doesn't want that for you. 
And a lot of times we go over there and then we realize we get guilt and shame and then it affects the way we see what God has already created. And so God, what he does is he puts parameters of sex. He puts it on there. Why? For our protection. I want to tell you, God is so much fun. And guilt-free sex in marriage is the greatest sex. It's the greatest. When you're having sex with your partner, your wife, and you know what? There's no guilt. There's no shame. I think it's the greatest expression of love. And I believe today at the end of the message, we're just going to pray because I really felt today and this week as I was praying that there are some of you today, you have not even experienced what God has for your marriage because you're still dealing with so, many, so much guilt and so much shame. And let me encourage you, that does not come from God. That comes from the accuser of the brethren. Is this good so far this morning? Come on, somebody. Here's number three, the third truth about understanding sex. God created us to relate to sex differently. See, as men and women, we're different sexually. And why is that? Why is that? Because God created us to have uh, the relationship to be fulfilling and dynamic. And so let's talk about some of the differences. And I think you know, we can learn and we can understand. It's like I have part of the world and Val has another part of the world, my wife. And when we come together, we have the whole picture. I like to say it this way. I have half of the brain. Val has half of the brain. And when we come together, we get the full counsel of God. And remember, we said in the beginning, the enemy tried to get Eve not to consider her husband. Eve did not talk to Adam when the, remember the snake came? And when the snake came, Eve didn't even consider her husband. She just thought that she could do it. And she made a mistake. And so I believe as a couple, married husband and wife, God gives Val part of the wisdom, God gives me part of the wisdom, and together, when we come together, we can have God's wisdom, right? But it's like the old saying says, if we are both the same, then one of us aren't necessary. We need each other. Now, when it comes to sex, we're different because with men, sex stimulates emotions, with women, emotions stimulate sex. We're exact opposite. A woman becomes more sexual as her husband becomes more romantic. Come on, ladies. You can say a good amen. Cheer on these guys. Come on, tell them. Take a shower. Put on some, anyway, so. Put on some cologne. A woman becomes more sexual as her husband becomes more romantic. So men when we enter into her world emotionally, she enters into our world sexually. Let me say that again. So guys, when we enter into her world emotionally, guess what happens? She enters into our world sexually. For men, when a woman becomes sexual, we open up emotionally. Let me say that again. For men, when a woman becomes sexual, we open up emotionally. Ladies, let me tell you this about us. We are never more emotional than right after sex. That's when we're the most emotional. That's, when, that's, just, that's, how, that's how God wired us. Maybe sometimes because it's been so long. I don't know, but I'm just saying. We're more emotional than right, at, right after sex. But see, ladies... 
you get to our emotions through sex, and we get to sex through your emotions. So it's different. Isn't it interesting? You ever read the story of Samson and Delilah? Did you ever read that? That story, right? And she didn't go up and go, hey, how, how'd you get that strength? What does she do? She gets him to lie down in her lap, right? She's getting to his emotions by what? Sex. And he let it all go. And so what you're going to start to realize is that God had this plan for us to be different all along. What God will do is he will honor character in God's word. People of character had the greatest sex. They, they did this stat and they asked women, when are you most sexually attracted to a man? You know what the woman's response was? One of the top, I think it was the two, when he's doing housework. When he's doing housework. See, guys think I got to get a tan, get all buff. Come on, I got to lower this just a little bit, let some of those little hairs come out. That's not it. Guys, grab a vacuum. There you go. Come on, somebody. Are you ready for this? You know why? Because God wired women where they would become aroused when they see a sacrificial man. They see a sacrificial man. God rewards character. Now, men are aroused by a woman who's their friend. But listen, you know what arouses men? When a woman gives him honor and respect. Sometimes I have so much going on in my mind, I have to really filter what, what, I, what I'm saying because there, there's a lot. And you don't know how hard it is to have this conversation because there's so many people here on so many different levels that I, I, I'm trying to, and I, I'm like, okay, is this Holy Spirit? Well, who, who, whose needs do we need to meet in this place? Because there's so many and they're so vast. But I, I'm gonna say it because we only talk about this once a year and I think it needs to be said. That's why when the man shows up at the office, if the receptionist is like, oh, you're here. So glad you're here. Oh, what can I do? Oh my, God. Oh, are those new pants? Wow, you look great. What is she doing? She's honoring him. And so she starts to honor him. Oh my goodness, you handled those numbers so good. My, and you know what happens? Guess what starts? He gets aroused sexually because men become aroused through honor. And I'm just telling you this because as ladies, you need to do this at home so when he shows up at the office, he's not surprised by a woman who's honoring him. You know, my wife is a perfectionist at this. The other night, it was, what, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock with the time change. I don't know. We were still up. And, and we were just doing something. And I was working, and she just looked at me, and she goes, you're just so cute. <laughs> like, are you blind? Why are you like, what's she goes, I, I, I'm just, I just find myself always attracted to you. Do you know that? I was like, it's the time change, but if it wasn't, we're heading over to the mm. simple words of, listen, praise, simple words of honor. But I, I'm really shocked sometimes the way that ladies talk to their man. You're a pig. You look at you. You look like a flob. I, I'm just telling you, that's not honor. And I want to bring back some of the things we said last week. Honor him where you want him to be, not where he is. Speak honor. Speak life to him. You look good today. Listen, find something positive to say because guys become sexual with honor. Now, guys, women become sexual emotionally. This is why God, guys will use emotions to get to women 
to have sex emotionally. It's funny when they're dating and a guy wants to have sex with a girl, he'll listen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. You're not talking too much. I'm listening. I'm still here. And he knows if he can get to her emotions. That's why guys, we need to also fill our ladies' love tanks. We need to be emotionally, be romantic with her. Can I hear a good amen today? Ladies, there's nothing more arousing to a man when a woman is honoring him, praising him, using words of affirmation. And ladies, when you honor your husband and you enter into his world, guess what? God will honor that. So it's two people entering into each other's world. Women through honor, guys through emotion and and romance. Is this good this morning? Is this helping? So we need to understand God created sex for us in the context of marriage for us to enjoy. So let's talk about five ingredients to sexual fulfillment. Are you blessing yet? Here's number one, commit to your spouse's sexual needs in a faithful manner. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4. It says, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Look at verse 5. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not, listen to these words, so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. When you get married, your body is no longer yours you give that body to your spouse and that your spouse gives you their body you do not I do not have control over my body and when Val's like let's have sex I'm like again okay I'm surprised we don't have more kids can't get her off me but I say that to say what is this about This is about meeting your spouse's needs sexually. It's about meeting their, and sometimes we're tired. Sometimes, and I'm gonna tell you, it's so important that you make a commitment to meet each other's needs sexually. There's sometimes I'm tired, but listen, I I know the scripture that my body is not my own, and if my wife becomes sexual, then it's time for me to meet her needs. Come on, somebody. And the same vice versa, vice versa. And I know, I know we, a lot of us have kids and, and they can come between our marriage. We're going to talk about that another time. But what's important, I, I thought this was very important how he says, listen, if you're not meeting each other's needs sexually, the tempter can come and he can tempt you because you have unmet needs. You have unmet needs. And so me not having authority over my body or my wife, listen, that's not a license for abuse. It's a license for use. That's a license for use. My wife has never used her body to punish me or to withdraw from me. Now, obviously, there's times where we have fights, but I think that's why the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, because, you know, mm -hmm. get it right, right? You know, about 20% of women are more sexual than their husbands, studies tell us. But however, it doesn't matter who's more sexual. 
The only thing that matters is that you say to your spouse, I am committed to meeting your sexual needs. I'm committed to that for you. I'm your husband. You know why affairs happen is women have affairs due to lack of affection. Their emotional needs just aren't met. And so they meet a man who will talk to them and and make them feel special. Men have affairs due to lack of sex and their physical needs aren't being met. And they meet a woman who will fulfill their sexual desires. And both are looking, here's the key, listen, both are looking to someone else than their spouse to meet their needs, to meet their needs. And so he doesn't get enough sex. So what happens? He shuts down and he shuts off the affection towards her. And so she doesn't get enough affection, so she shuts down sexually. And can I just encourage you? Somebody has to break the cycle. Somebody has to break the cycle, right? And so what happens is one of the ways that we break the cycle, and here's number two. We're talking about five ingredients to sexual fulfillment. You need to communicate your sexual needs to your spouse. Now, a lot of times sex is the issue that we just can't seem to talk about. And I think part of that is the guilt and the shame and the devil has so perverted it that we even the church, we're like, we can't even say sex. Like, ooh, it's a dirty word. It's not a dirty word. It's a beautiful word that God created for us. And so what happens, guess what? Is if you don't communicate, frustration starts to set in because you won't communicate sexually. She wants to play rodeo and you want to be a missionary. Some of you got that, some of you get it later. But it's so important. Listen, you married the guy. This is what I don't, I don't understand. You committed your life to him, but you won't tell him what you like sexually. Well, you don't know what he's going to He's your husband. He's your husband. He's your, she's your wife. Listen, you need to talk about it. You need to say, yes, I like that. You know, that's my favorite. That's, Val and I have, we talk all the time about that. And, and I think that's what keeps us just so, I, I, I uh, mm, mm, uh, <laughs> I love my wife, and maybe you can attest to this. After sex, there's nothing that makes us feel closer. There's something about that that God created for a man and a woman to have intimacy. And so it's so important that you and I, that we, that we speak to our spouse. We talk about it. Listen, what is your vision for your sex life? What is it? You have to have a vision. The Bible says without a vision, sex lives perish. You need to have a vision. I'm going to tell you, when you have kids, you need to have a vision for sex because if you don't, your kids will monopolize your time. And I, I, can I just say it how I feel? Would that be okay? I'm just tired of like, and, and here's, we have kids are taking up our time and then there's somebody else at work who will talk with us and we're trying to get our needs met by somebody else. You need to get your needs met by your husband uh, or by your wife and here's what you need to do is that you have to have a vision for what you want because it's not gonna just happen. Come on, somebody. You need to communicate and if you're not, listen, here's what happens when you don't communicate sexually. If you don't communicate sexually, then your spouse will think that you're pushing them away or rejecting them. So you have to communicate that. Here's number three. 
Commit to sexual purity and protect the integrity of your marriage. This means we need to have some standards, right? How many of you realize when you got married, God didn't remove sexual temptation from your life? Let me ask you this. How many of you realize when you got married, God didn't remove all the attractive people in the world? I think some of us think that. We're at the altar like, you know, I do, I do. And then as soon as we turn around, wow, everybody's so ugly. So, I mean, wow, I just don't recognize, no, Brad Pitt. No, he's not cute. He's not cute, right? You know, they, they did a study. 90% of Christian women say that they have been attracted to someone else other than their spouse, right? And I know you're all thinking John Stamos, right? So 90%, listen, of Christian women say that they are attracted to someone else other than their husband. Now, it happens to all of us. We don't walk through the world go, I'm married, I'm married. Oh, no, I'm married, right? The other day, I was, last night, I was walking through Target. Turn around, right? They're, they're, my wife, she goes in the women's. I mean, there's ladies there with portraits of them in their bra. I mean, I can't, you can't, what are you going to do? Walk through life like, oh, no, I'm a Christian. Can't look at, oh, ah! Right? Summer's coming. I mean, bathing, what are you going to do? Right? Deny it. No, 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 I don't see attractive people. Yeah. Oh, come on. We see attractive people. But here's the question. What are you going to do with it? See, temptation is not a sin. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted in every point. That means that Jesus had temptation going on in his mind. But the Bible says that he never sinned. So the temptation is not the sin. The sin is what are you going to do with the temptation? And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you a picture of your biggest sex organ. Are you ready? I'm going to show it to you. Here we go. Your brain. Your brain is your biggest sex organ. It's your biggest sex organ. The most important thing sexually is your thought life. It's your thought life. And the, the way that you overcome sexual temptation is taking control of your thoughts. Taking control of your thoughts. And here's what I like to do. The Bible says that we take every thought captive, right? And we replace those thoughts. We replace those thoughts with biblical thoughts. We replace, I'm not gonna act on that, right? You can't stop from seeing things, but here's what you can do. You can take control of your thought life, right? And so let me just encourage you because we're talking about protecting sexual purity in marriage. I just want to encourage you as couples, you should have every password for your spouse's phone and computer. Now, Val and I don't have joint uh, Facebook social, uh, social media accounts. And a lot of it is because I get these counseling things. And so she's like, uh, you know, that, it's constantly, you know, getting into my feed. But here's what. I, I will tell you, my wife can go on my computer or on my phone anytime, anytime she wants, and she can look at that. It's, it's all out in the open. It's transparent. All, all, she has all my accounts. She, she can look into them. We're always transparent. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause, and I'm going to tell you what I told you last week, because sneaky is creepy. And I have all her accounts. I see her Pinterest. Help me, Jesus. Right? I, we, we, see, we see all of that. We see those things. And, and I, 
I'm going to say this because we're going to talk about it next week. I believe as a married couple, you should have joint bank accounts that you can see. My wife does all of our finances, but I have all the passwords. And I will tell you, we have found through counseling with different people, uh, one of the spouses saying, I'm not having an affair. I'm not this or that. But when you look into the bank account, you find things. And one of the spouses was not connected to that bank account. And here's how we knew it. And I'm going to tell you, it, it helps you to have accountability to know. Now, I get it. Listen, some of you have businesses, 401ks. I, I get all that. But I'm talking about your general operating fund for your family. Val sees everything that I spend, and I see everything that she spends online because it all comes to the house in little packages. And I'm like, you're buying more clothes. But it all needs to be transparent. Why? Because it helps keep the purity of your marriage. We need to be pure. You know what's interesting is that in England, there was an article about a couple, true story. They were cheating with each other on the internet. They were both in different parts of the house and they were on these sites. And what they didn't know was that they were talking to each other under different profiles. And so they decided to meet. Come on, somebody. And when they both showed up at the same place at the same time, they're like, what? You're cheating on me. You're cheating on me. Oh, my goodness. And they divorced. But here's what happens. Listen, what they were doing is they were communicating on social media what they weren't communicating face to face. They were communicating needs that they had with someone other than their spouse on social media when they could have been doing that together and talking together. I'm telling you, I love it when, I love when we get into these deep conversations, me and my wife, especially sexually. I, I, I love it. it. It fulfills my needs because sometimes we need to talk about it, but don't talk about it with someone other than your spouse. Can I hear a good amen today? And so we need to decide, listen, you may say, Pastor Phil, I have unmet needs, and I understand that, but here's what you need to decide. You need to decide to turn those unmet needs over to God. Unmet needs is not an excuse to sin. You can't blame your spouse for your sexual sins. You can't. You need to take those unmet needs to God, right? Here's number four. We're talking about ingredients to sexual fulfillment. Create an atmosphere for sexual pleasures. Guys, you need to romance outside of the bedroom. And all the ladies said, I'm so blessed. You know, my wife, she doesn't talk that much. I mean, I just like, I have all these guys like my wife. She's just, I don't know. My wife just doesn't, she's just not like that. Number two, she doesn't like flowers. Come on. I mean, I don't know. Like, she just doesn't like flowers. She's like, don't get me flowers. I'm like, who are you? You know, like most women are like, you give them flowers. Like, ah, she just doesn't love flowers. She loves chocolate. Oh, she would, oh, chocolate to her is like, oh, that's, that's what she loves. And we need to learn, guys, what she likes, what she loves. And it may be different for your spouse. It's funny how they, little things mean different things to them. But again, we communicated to that. The day that she told me she didn't love flowers, I'm like, yes, we're going to save so much money. That's going to help the budget. And she doesn't like them. She just, that's just not her thing. But I know what she likes. I know what, 
I know what fills her emotional tank. And it's, a lot of times, ladies, can we be honest today? And, and, and if, 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 I'm being, if I'm saying something that's true, I would just want you to raise your hand. Does it take a lot to meet your emotional needs? Let me say, does it take a lot? How many of you say it doesn't take that much? Come on, just a little bit of thought. Okay, so all of y'all are real high maintenance. Okay, so anyway, we'll, we'll, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I get takes so much. Okay. We've been planning for a year. Okay, well, God bless you guys. I think that you need to plan sexual encounters on a regular basis. You plan sex. Now, sometimes it's a quickie, but how many of you know? Sometimes you need a longie. Come on, somebody. I think this is funny. I, I love how people think. I did a counseling session with a couple um, in the area years ago having problems and their needs weren't being met. And the problem was is the child, the child. She was prioritizing the child over the marriage and the guy just couldn't, they weren't having sex, they weren't. And, um, and so I started talking to them. You need to get out of your head all of this Hollywood stuff and you need to plan a night that you guys are going to be together. And they just kind of looked at me and I said, if both of you were gonna have an affair, you know what you would do? You would plan it. Sin doesn't happen by accident. It's planned all the time. We're going to meet here. Da, 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 da. And I, I, it, what's interesting to me is that why would you do that with someone else from your, that's not your spouse, but then with your spouse, you wouldn't plan a night together? No, we want it to be spontaneous. Well, good luck. Because I don't know about you, but there's tons of stuff buying for my time. And so we need to make sure, right, the kids are taken care of. But listen, it's not just going to happen. Sin is always planned. I said, well, why don't you put all of that energy into making a night for yourself? Sometimes you need to make a night of it. Sometimes you need to, why plan it? So you're making sure that you're not tired, right? That you have some time the kids are taken care of, right? I, I think it's really important. Um, and something that Val and I do, I just want to encourage you, there's times where it's, it's Phil's night. It's Phil's night. There's some nights, it's Val's night. And in those nights, I'm committed to meeting her needs. That's, and then sometimes it's both of our nights. It's great. But sometimes we talk about whose night is it tonight, right? And, and what I think is interesting is as we talk this way, people think this is so awkward, but yet it's awkward because the devil has so perverted it. And this is marriage. This is what God created for us to be. You're supposed to have the best sex of your life. Come on, somebody. Come on. And so there's her nights. We focus on her needs. And what is the goal? Listen, the goal is we're meeting each other's needs. We're meeting each other's needs. And here's what you may find out after a while. You may find out after a while that you both start to enjoy the same things, right? And here's also what I found out. The law of sowing and reaping totally applies. If I give, I get blessed in return. And you can't give without you feeling something too. And so let me just encourage you, create an act, uh, atmosphere for sexual pleasure. Here's the last one for today. Am I being too real today? This is the wisdom part that builds the house. This is the part that builds the house. And I want to say this, and then we're going to pray. Here's number five. And we're talking about ingredients for sexual fulfillment. Number five, we need to deal with and communicate sexual problems 
together. Many people deal with sexual desire problems or lack of desire. Now, it could be because of unresolved conflict. It could be because of prior abuse. It could be because of stress. It can be because of fatigue. It could just be because of emotional issues. But I want to encourage you today. Listen, if you are having a problem with sexual desire, pray. I believe prayer is powerful. Listen, go to the doctor. And I want to encourage you, get counseling. Get counseling. I, I did a counseling session where there was sexual issues. And it's because one of them had a real hard past. Now, I, I want you to hear my heart on this. This isn't just affecting you. It's affecting your spouse. So either you go together or you have, and, and sometimes we don't realize how much is weighing on us, why we can't have a sexual desire. And if you have some things that are going on, sit with someone who you don't know who's a licensed Christian counselor, listen, and talk about it. Get it out, not only for you, but for your marriage. And I've seen marriages go through divorce because of this. There was no sex because one of them was having a real hard time. And I'm not condoning it. Please don't hear. But if they would have taken care of one of those issues, they could have got it right. And so all as I'm saying is that the issue isn't just affecting you. It's also affecting your spouse as well. And I want to encourage you, my church family, don't let the devil rob you of God's great gift that he's given to you. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.